Hello and welcome to Apes on Tape. We are your hosts, Fredo Smith and Benji Sauter. We're here to fill your ears with some nonsense about the weird and wonderful aspects and adventures of being human. From the cosmic to the microscopic and everything in between. Let's go. Hey everyone, <laughs> welcome to episode one of Apes on Tape. I'm Fred. And I'm Benji. Yay! So let's get to know each other a little bit, shall we? Uh, yes, indeedly doodly. I'll, uh, I'll start off. Uh, this is Fredo. He sat across from me, smiling at me gloriously. Oui. And Fredo is one of my favourite people. He's a top-notch lad, and uh, I've got many reasons for feeling this. Uh, he's fucking open-minded. He's fucking wise. Uh, he's bloody lovely. Oh, stop it, you old flirt. <laughs> I'm just hoping to get him into bed later. <laughs> uh, and he's interested in a lot of the same things that I am as well, uh, which happens to be uh, the recreational and ceremonious use of psychotropic drugs. Of oh, that's we'd... straight into the drug use. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah let's not beat around the bush. Um, and Fredo's an inspiration to me because of how amazing he is at appreciation and gratitude of the small things and large things in life. That's um, a very kind compliment, sir. Thank you. I, uh, I learn a lot from him in those areas. And another thing you may not know about Fredo, just from listening to his lovely voice, is the fact that he's actually in a wheelchair. You can't tell that from my voice. Well, it depends. If you're, like, wheeling about a bit, you might oh, be able yeah. to hear the squeak. Oi, you can hear, um, the, hear the wheels but, turning. For those of you that can't see, um, yeah, that's the case. Uh, Fredo was a, a very talented snowboarder. A few years back, and then uh, Wally that he is, Wally that he was, Wee, Wally that I am, <laughs> he threw himself off a cliff uh, and landed on his spine, uh, damaging it, uh, leaving him a paraplegic, paralysed below the waist. But fortunately, he's uh, he's really good, Wee. and uh, he's a pretty smooth operator. Uh, other than that, you guys will get to know him well enough over the next uh, weeks and months. What a kind introduction. Thank you, sir. Uh, well, I don't know what to say. Benji is a very awesome guy. I really like him a lot. I first got to know him a few years back. Uh, he did some work in Calais with the refugees, uh, with some humanitarian work. Uh, he works in sustainability now in Morzine. But, you know, enough about what he does for a living. He's just a bloody good egg, and we have a lot in common. We have some very, very good chats. We... <clears throat> The reason why we started this podcast, in fact, we've had such in-depth, wonderful conversations about our mutual interests that we thought, why not share them with the world in the form of a podcast? And that is where the idea was born. Let's get down some to some interesting stuff. Yes, hopefully you'll think what we are talking about is as interesting as we think we are. <laughs> Awesome. So for those of you that don't know, we live in a town called Morzine in the French Alps, which is a wonderful, lovely town and it provides us with ample, beautiful surroundings, which we enjoy. And we also hurt ourselves a lot, which is actually how I ended up in the wheelchair. I snowboarded off a cliff, If you, in case you were, in case you were wondering. Idiot. Yeah. A lot of people um, have, prob- like people in wheelchairs... They don't like it when people ask, like, oh, how did you become in a wheelchair? Which I think, really, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question that people want to know the answer to. But it also can be quite, you know, you want to get to know the person first, like, rather, like, person first, not disability first, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really oversensitive to it, because I think that snowboarding off a cliff is terrible. But, for example, I know a girl who was an actually terrible story she was being chased by a rapist and fell off a cliff 
and when she was paralysed at the bottom, um, the, the rapist uh, continued, and so that's a very horrible story. I mean, fucking I, hell, man! I know. I really didn't want to bring that up on the very first episode. Well, that, don't then. That's raw. I know, but that's why we just lost twenty viewers there, minimum. I'm just saying, listeners, that yeah. is why some people say you know you shouldn't ask people why they're in a wheelchair because it could be one of the darkest um, moments of their entire life, and and usually it, it normally is because even snowboarding off a cliff. Uh, it's been two years now. I've just passed my two-year anniversary of my accident, and it is still a dark memory, but it, it's not too bad. So that's why uh, if you do see someone in a wheelchair, generally you shouldn't really be like, hey, why are you in a wheelchair? Mm. Because um, That's interesting. Do you remember that podcast that we both listened to like quite um, quite recently after your accident? I do, about the I'm, deaf lady. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And it was talking about, like, the inquisition of children uh, around people who are, you know, sort of, quote-unquote, different to others. Yes. And, like, how a, a child might be like, Mummy, what's, what's up with him? What's up with her? And how the, that, is, uh, that is crushed by by the adult culture because like Shh, don't say anything you shouldn't talk about that yeah. because it's and, and that sort of implies to the child that it's naughty or bad or forbidden or there's something that there is to be ashamed of yeah and that's the worry and I can remember this woman talking uh, about uh, this sort of coming from the opposite perspective that you know the Inquisition should be should be maintained mm. and there should be a freeness to talk about it like oh well actually this is what happened to me little girl um, yeah but like I, obviously that varies with people's you know varying levels of comfortability with with the actual you know event itself or disease pref- uh, potentially that um, mm. that caused them whatever disability has I think you're absolutely alerted. right man I think there's there are two sides of the same coin like with someone who has an obvious disability um, when a child says, oh, you know, what happened to you? And their parents are like, oh, no, you know, you shouldn't... Um, you know, when they're made to feel uh, almost embarrassed to be talk- talking to the, the, the disabled person about their disability, yeah. that does carry on into adulthood, and that possibly could be why um, disabled people sometimes feel uh, a little bit... Like, I've had not I've not had the experience personally, but I know people who say, for example, if I was in the supermarket with Lou and then someone would ask Lou oh is he okay or what does he want like I've not had that that but you know you can see the yeah. uh, comparison I'm drawing like people will speak to the person who's not in the wheelchair mm. or without the disability about them even though they're here mm. um, I've again I've not had that happen to me but that is another and that could stem from from that mm. but yeah I think what I just said they're, they're basically two things that contradict each other aren't they like you should you shouldn't be ashamed of asking about someone's disability but also sometimes it's something that they really don't want to talk about mm. i remember that girl she had a really good one uh, when someone says uh how did you end up in a wheelchair she just said uh oh i just got a really bad case of the hiccups <laughs> yeah fair enough I, I i imagine like obviously I'm, I'm not belittling what happened to her in any way but uh, over a certain period of time you would develop like an acceptance of of what had happened to you and like you can you can develop a reply mm. like and I think I, I don't know how I feel about it obviously you you know you'll have a very different perspective on it being someone that's you know in that scenario potentially whereas I feel 
that like the the Inquisition, especially from a child, should be should be welcomed. Mm. I feel, um, and perhaps if it's a particularly traumatic event, you know, you don't you know you don't have to mention all of it. You'd be like, oh, well, actually, buddy, I fell off a cliff and I landed on my back, and that's what happens because we've got a little cord in our spine that sends all the messages from your brain to every single mm-hmm. limb and extremity and that's what got damaged no, and exactly that, yeah and that you you can sort of approach it in a in a in a palatable way you don't have to be like well little jimmy i got raped yeah run away but you know i guess i guess like everything it's uh it's got to be tailored to each every individual and, and their individual experience Exactly. I think you're absolutely right, man. I don't know the answer to the question. I think there's a definitely a spectrum and there's a, there's a, you know, it operates on a sliding scale. It's not black or white. There's a gray mm-hmm. area. You should use discretion. I know that some people as well, like when they have, so for example, there's another girl I know and she has the same injury as me. She's paraplegic. But if you asked her what happened, she was in a horrendous car accident. And when she woke up, she saw, you know, two of her friends. Mm. One was dead, like completely mangled. Mm. And the other one was just dying Mm. and, you know, bleeding everywhere. Mm. And that is a very horrible memory that you don't want to conjure up. But obviously you would... I think possibly as a disabled person, you have to sort of have something in your back pocket you have to like, this is the this is the road that I've that I have to navigate because mm. when people say to me um, you know I, I, again I quite like the, the the oh just a bad case of the hiccups or yeah. um, just little funny little quips but again if, if a child uh, says something then it is quite innocent isn't it and, and you do want to have some way of explaining what happened so I had a child ask me uh, in the pub and I said that I fell 20 metres, and he was like, oh, that's not that's not very big. 20 metres. We throw you off the top of the fucking pub then, mate. Yeah, well, that's what I said. I said, well, if you went to the top of this building and you jumped off, that would be about 20 metres, and that's quite tall, isn't it? He was like, it's not that big. And I was like, well, fair enough, you are like about six, but like it, it but then again... That, should be bigger for him then. Exactly. exactly. If he's half the size of me, that should be like a 40 metre drop. Yeah. Like relatively, kids bounce though. In yeah. my experience, always bouncing around when yeah. I throw them. Especially off forty meters, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah, losers, losers. Anyway, uh, I remember his dad though was like, did exactly the same thing, which, which we heard about in that podcast. We're like, no, oi, stop it! Like, don't say that. And I was, I was like, no, um, it's fine. Like, he's he's intrigued. Like, I'm probably the first person he's ever seen in a wheelchair. He wants to know why I'm using a wheelchair, why my legs don't work. And I want to give him the answers rather than brushing over, mm. um, you know. But again, there is there is a fine line between... I don't know. I think it's... it's A lot of people... So, like I say, it wasn't overly traumatic for me. I mean, it, it was and it wasn't, but not compared to other people's stories. However, I don't know where I stand on it because, first of all, I think I started by saying you shouldn't ever say, oh, what happened to you? I don't think you should open with that. Uh, I think if it comes up in conversation mm. then, and people want to share their story, but I think you should, again, like, talk to the person. Uh, you know, again, if you're, an, you're, if you're an inquisitive child and you just blurt it out, then, then that's fine. And as a disabled person, I should have a response ready, mm. like, for that situation. But as a person, I think you should probably try and get to know the person first and, yeah. 
and the disability second you know i agree and as a as an adult or as a as a child bearing adult it's your responsibility responsibility to sort of teach that child the right way to approach that sort of situation and it's certainly not with shame or embarrassment or like a scolding like a child is very unaware like a child is you know a young child is a pretty selfish unaware being and they just they speak their mind mm-hmm. um like majoritively speaking and that's when that needs to be absorbed by you know the person the person in question but when it's you know i guess when it gets older the responsibility shifts to like being a bit sensitive and exactly. if someone responds with like a bad case of the hiccups you know it's it's up to your you know yeah. social judgment to to realize ah oh, they probably don't want to talk about it yeah exactly so yeah. i should probably you know ask them something else or leave yeah it's actually I was in a I was in a weird situation recently where someone was asking me a lot of awkward questions which I didn't mind at the time but in the at the time I was in the middle of a game of poker and the person who was asking me these questions that it was it was quite insensitive because I was stuck sat next to the person because they were playing poker too and I was like look man I don't mind answering any of these questions I've got a YouTube channel which I talk openly about a lot of these things but right now like I'm in a hand I've got a lot of money well not a lot of money but like you know fair few chips in in the middle and you're asking me about like you know you know are you going to be in the wheelchair forever oh god that's bad isn't it so you're you're never going to walk again no no I mean I don't want to go into the ins and outs of my spinal cord injury and the secondary complications right now and I think it's kind of obvious from my non-verbal communication and just sort of generally reluctance to talk about it that this isn't the right time or place mm. uh, and I don't think that uh, sadly they picked up on, my, on those social cues mm. that had a few drinks I'm not going to name and shame anyone but it was it was a little bit in, uh, it kind of irked me a little bit to be honest I was just mm. like well, I don't really want to talk about it mm. not now but if you did want to have a conversation with me about it another time, maybe. Mm. But again, it's really not. There's so much more to me than, mm. you know, I don't know, firing loads of questions at me about my disability mm. specifically um, in that situation where I'm trying to concentrate on something else is inappropriate. And to be honest, I wasn't equipped with the social skills to deal with it succinctly. And I, in the end, I ended up uh, putting on a Facebook group post about what happened and a lot of people had some helpful comments and a lot of people had some unhelpful comments actually it was kind of funny but um but yeah you mentioned there your your youtube channel because i thought maybe if we're talking about this stuff it's good to touch on this because i'm someone that's watched uh most if not all of your videos then probably probably just most for me it was something quite enlightening and and relieving uh, i think is a good word to use around it because uh, because you're so open and direct and blunt about uh, certain aspects of your disability and like the administration it creates for you and the logistics of actually going through day to day life sometimes in you know in very personal manners like you know for example having a poo yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> but it's something that people think about mm-hmm. um, whether it's good that they do or not uh, it's neither here nor there. Uh, but you, you find yourself thinking, oh, well, how do they do that? Or why, what actually happens there? And people want to know because I think people want to know usually because they want to exercise empathy. Mm. Um, it's, not, uh, it's not with any, you know, calculated or, or malicious um, direction. It's they want to understand what you're going through. From an inquisitive sort of... I think so. Yeah. I think coming from 
my perspective, having learnt what I learnt watching your videos, I was like, that's really nice to know. I just felt I felt calmed and and relieved and levelled mm. by, you know, understanding what you're going through. Whether whether on some occasion it was like, fuck, that's pretty bad, or other occasions like, oh, that's that's pretty buff. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad that happens. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just uh, it just sort of levels the playing field. I feel, and and that's just for me uh, who who doesn't I don't have any um, any noticeable disabilities. I've probably got a few screws loose, <laughs> but, um, but uh, nothing nothing physically allowing me. It's quite funny that you mention that video because I often reflect on that. Where I never my early vlogs. Uh, which were really funny, man. Like I've been watching them again recently and just seeing how far I've come over the last two years. And they are quite brilliant. And to be honest, I never shared them on YouTube, uh, sorry, on Facebook or on social media. I just put them on YouTube and I shared them to a select group of uh, close friends. But I really wish I had shared them on a wider audience. But the fact is I was too embarrassed. Now, how bizarre is it that the first video I did share was how I pee and poo as a paraplegic, <laughs> yeah. which I went into a lot of detail about some some intimate things that, again, one of them which I said was like my, my biggest kept secret, and if anyone was to ever find out, I'd be eternally embarrassed, and I'm just like, well, I'm just going to tell you that, you know, yeah. when I do a poo, this is how I do it, and, and it was... It was so funny because, like, again, like, all the other videos which were really good, and I just shared that was the first one I yeah, shared on my I Facebook. Mean, fucking bold is what it was, but like I say, I think it's I think it was really brave, and I think it's really helpful as well to to people who don't have disabilities and people who do have disabilities. I think it's especially helpful for people. Well, no, equally, I guess, but like in, in two different ways. People who have disabilities, it's it's. It's comforting to understand, number one, someone who's going through the same thing as you. Number two, like the spectrum of what you could be experiencing because some people may have it worse, some people may have it better. For example, you've you vocalised before how you've watched videos or heard podcasts by people in a worse situation than yourself and you've been like, well, actually, I'm pretty fucking lucky Absolutely. to have a wheelchair or, or, or whatever that may be. And again, from someone who's trying to understand your life or what you have to go through it's really helpful in like the creation of compassion and empathy and being like fuck that's bloody interesting and and uh, it's good to know that you know this is what that person has to go through and mm. you know you never like it's 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 so obvious you know it's something people say all the time just be be nice to people because you've got no idea what shit they're going through yeah and it's good to know what other people's shit is because it helps you uh, mm. edit the way you treat them. It's crazy, man. I think you're right because the... I think actually, to be honest, my trauma that I've suffered is actually a very privileged... Privileged was the word I was looking for before when yeah. I was saying about the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Privileged lifestyle. But yeah, I had privileged trauma, I think, mm. uh, because recently I've learned about some other people's trauma that happened to them when they were younger and it is very dark and it's affected them in very extreme ways when they had you know the, the way they've developed as a person and that trauma is invisible where my trauma is completely on display mm. like that like if i wheel into a place in a wheelchair everyone everyone's like oh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, he's He's in a wheelchair. You're in a lollipop. And it's like, I do. I, I mean, like, for example, I snowboarded off a cliff um, myself 
I got rescued. I got, uh, an, you know, I had an operation. I had uh, rehabilitation. I, you know, I had a GoFundMe. I had like a little insurance payout. Um, and, you know, I snowboarded off the cliff myself. Man. Yeah. I shouldn't have been financially uh, rewarded for that. So, so and, and everyone, know, and again, I'm not saying, I don't want to downplay my trauma. I, uh, I've again I've spoken about it in detail on my on my YouTube but I went through a very very dark depression I couldn't handle living with a disability I very nearly killed myself I had went through a dark depression incredibly bad mental health but I've come out the other side but again my trauma is privileged compared to other people's trauma because some people's trauma is in fact a lot worse than mine but it's hidden and no one knows about it and a lot of people suffer from hidden trauma mm. you know with mental health issues but if i if i talk about oh i wanted to kill myself people understand immediately they say oh well yeah well i'm not would, fucking surprised i yeah. would too mate yeah. to be honest i wouldn't i wouldn't want to live in a wheelchair yeah and um and also doing normal things i'm an inspiration and i i'm not sure i'm comfortable i've I'm not a, a lot a lot of other people in wheelchairs feel the same way that um, the word inspiration, uh, like inspiration porn, it's not really appropriate. It's it's kind. It's you know, oh well, you're such an inspiration. I'm doing my shopping, man. I'm in the supermarket. Oh yeah, I know. But look at you wheeling around. You oh, fuck. You're you know, well done. Mm. Like well, I find that little kind of patronising a little yeah. bit. I, I know. I wasn't fucking in Afghanistan, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fell over. There is probably some guy, maybe again, who was in Afghanistan, who's got PTSD, and he's probably being much braver going to the supermarket. But I'm just doing it on wheels, and it's so obvious. Yeah. Again, I'm not. I don't know. I, I, it does annoy me sometimes when people call me an inspiration, but I can understand where they're coming from. It's not something I'm like offended by or anything. It's just um, I know that a lot of people in my community uh, we, we just feel like oh why 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 are we such an inspiration we're just getting on with our lives we're, I'm doing what if you were in the same position as me you'd be doing the same thing oh I don't know I don't know I don't know if I could do that I'd probably just kill myself well yeah well I did consider it <laughs> but, uh, I got over it and, and, I'm, and I'm doing it it was so, on the cards for sure yeah yeah. it was on the table it was in the yeah. hand do you have a, a point of view like because what sometimes I find myself expressing an opinion and then you saying oh well you know and then I sort of like I'm not married to my opinion and I sort of change my opinion but what do you think about the whole inspirational thing uh, it's another grey area isn't it really I, I do I do think yeah that you going to the supermarket isn't inspirational to me I you don't be. No, I don't. Oh, don't. How dare you? <laughs> God. Yeah, I don't. Uh, but people are looking to, you know, people don't necessarily even find it inspirational. It's just something they're saying. Yeah. Like people are people are lying a lot of the time. <laughs> like people are lying because they want to make a connection with you. They want to like you know make you feel good. Like they're not necessarily being like, wow, what a fucking hero. They're they're just they're they're looking for human connection for some reason or another. Yeah, and some people are inspirational. So, like, you know, I happen to disagree with this on many levels, but, like, you know, someone, for example, who did do a tour in Iraq or whatever and lost lost their legs, like, to, to give them praise, to, like, award them, you know, public recognition, I think is fair, even though I, you know, happen to 
disagree strongly with whatever they believe in and anyone ever going to, to war. I actually just think you're... I'm not going to say that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, you know, they, they think that's a good idea and that's that's good enough mm. for that to be rewarded. Um, I think that's yeah. that can be construed as in, inspirational and... Uh, I think I know what you mean. Actually, I, I want to go back to the point which you, you which you glazed across over because I think I I used to feel that same way about people that have been to war and they were sort of celebrated. Oh, well done, you're a hero. And I thought, oh, well, actually, you're a bit of a fool. Like, why would you join the army in the first place? And think going to war was a good idea. Mm. When actually, um, so it's it that is a very controversial opinion. Uh, I just wanted to clarify that's not how I feel, but it is how I used to feel. Um, it's just the fact that I think because I was in the army cadets and when you're in the army cadets you're like oh wow you know you, you're given discipline you're given a purpose you're being told what to do and, and you get to do cool stuff man you really do like, like again like if you're in the army from a young age it, it's, it is a promising career as an adult now and a bit of a pacifist I definitely wouldn't you know, I, again, I, I like to dream about the, the sort of like no need for a, for an armed force. There's no need to create um, a, a military industrial complex. You know, there's no need to arm ourselves to the teeth. But, you know, there is middle ground. I think if you have gone, again, a lot of soldiers come back and realise that what they were fighting for, they don't believe in. You know, they, they, they feel strongly against the government. and they've But they uh, realistically, when they went to war, they did believe that they were doing it to protect and serve the country that they went for. Um, so I do believe they, they do deserve some recognition. Um, what do you think? I agree they deserve recognition, but uh, I, I'm not sure how to talk about this without going down the wrong route, really. But, like, I, I'm, they have my... They have my pity, I'm afraid, mm. to say it's really not something I agree with. Like essentially every war that I'm aware of that's happened uh, like in my lifetime uh, local local to me has been for fucking oil and yeah. power and money and you shouldn't no one should be no one should be fucking killing anyone for some some black glue that we should probably fucking leave in the ground anyway because mm. it makes a fucking mess yeah and you know I mean Tony Blair should be in fucking prison yeah. Um, you know, hundreds of thousands of soldiers are dead. It's not our fault. But, like, also, you know, if you if you join the army and, and you know, you get given a gun and you pick it up and you get on a plane and go to somewhere else and start shooting members of that country, it's kind of, kind of, kind of par for the course, really, if you get shot. You're right, but at what, the same what time... Do you, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, this is an extremely controversial opinion, especially for our first episode. Mm. However, um, people are part of a team. I'm not you're gonna, like I'm reluctant to use the word brainwash, but they are, you know, they're they're, they're camaraderie. They're they're part of a unit. That they're 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 on a mission. They have a mission. You know, like it's. Mm. I know what you're saying. Like from the outsider perspective, I see the thing is like, I felt the same way as you. Mm. I did, but then I just feel like a lot of people that have come back from war have had that realisation oh yeah fuck like what what the fuck were we over there for just just for oil you know what the, what was this war for it was it was for, it was for nothing but then if they if they a lot of them didn't go over there thinking that 
They only they only realise that in hindsight. No, absolutely, and I completely understand that, and I'm not I'm not dissing them in any way. I'm I'm just I, and I actually disagree with you. I think that a lot of people that have experienced that sort of that sort of trauma, they will not come back and be like, oh, that was for nothing. Like you will you will create your own story. You will narrate your own life to make it worthwhile. You won't come back and be like, shit, I lost my legs for nothing. Mm. You, you know, it just we we can't handle that as humans. You will create a narrative in which. Of course, it was worth losing my legs for. It's very unlikely that someone's going to come back and be like, "Yeah, bit of bit of tits up, really." Shouldn't yeah. have really gone. It was just for fucking oil. Didn't realise. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I was saving. You know, whatever. But, but I guess it depends, really, because uh, so, again, there are some uh, soldiers in other countries. Uh, I think you're sort of going from the Western angle. Yeah. But if you're defending yourself, then then that surely that's kind of honourable because you're being invaded. Yeah. Like so, if you're talking about the the World War Two, for example, and you joined the military, then that was yeah. sort of a noble thing to do because the Nazis were coming. The bloody Nazis are coming. You know, bloody I've Nazis. got to go and defend yeah. uh, the country. So, yeah, I mean, most of them didn't have a fucking choice, and that yeah. is a lot of brainwashing there. Like mm. kids, kids lying about their age to go and suffer a death. You know that I just couldn't even. I can't even begin to imagine. But you know, you've seen enough war films and you've read enough war history and it sounds like pretty much the worst place you could ever be mm. in the trenches like oh go now you've got to go up that ladder and walk across this muddy field there's mines in it be careful oh and watch out for the barbed wire here's a revolver by the way the other guys have got machine guns oh and if you don't go I'm going to shoot you so ta-ra yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's not the one no. and I'm like you know I, I would have I'm pretty sure in a very cowardice rather than pacifistic way I would have avoided that at any any possible cost but maybe I wouldn't I'm an impressionable lad yeah. I'm easily swayed and probably I would have fucking lapped up the propaganda and marched myself up to the bloody mm. bloody office and gone one please sir yeah can I have a go I'm going to get those Germans well I was I was in the uh, army cadets and luckily because I'm such an, a mischievous little scamp mm. I got kicked out um, and told never to join again. Oh, good. Um, which was really lucky because I actually it actually excelled in in the army cadets. I was I could uh, strip down the rifle and put it back together. I, I enjoyed the discipline, you know, for like mm. a kid with ADD. You know, I was like pretty pretty haywire, and to have that sort of structure and stuff was actually really helpful. And I genuinely saw myself going into the armed forces, but luckily I was also. So what happened was uh, I lit a toilet roll on fire mm. and threw it at someone. Disciplined. Yeah, because I thought it was funny, but they ducked and it went under one of the beds and set on fire. And it was, you know, it was it all went really tits up. But what happened was, see, at my school, there was a guy called, there was a kid called Richard Fallon. I remember him. I definitely, he's not, definitely not going to uh, listen to this podcast. So I don't mind, like saying his name but he, he did the same thing he lit a toilet roll and threw it at me and it was it was funny I mean it was mischievous it was mm. it, it, it was funny when I did it everyone was like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> that is that's not funny mm. and I was like oh shit okay what, what's when Richard did it yeah well so and then they were like well no that, that's totally not acceptable behaviour you need to leave immediately and um, never join again and I was mm. so upset yeah. In hindsight, I think it's really cool because um, I don't know. I think you can certainly have a career in the army, but um, I'm glad that I didn't. Yeah. Um, 
I, I did always used to want to be in the army. I kind of still do a little bit, as long as I can guarantee guarantee I don't have to go to war. Because yeah. I have always idolised and admired like the training and the discipline that you go through, and I would love to put like put myself through the physical and mental test of being in that situation, up until the point where they're like, "Hey, you got to go start shooting people." I'd be like, "Not, not actually into that." Mm. And then, but by then, the you know you you yeah, it's uh, it's like a it's like a phone contract. You kind of. Yeah, you, yeah, you're you, in you there. Can't, yeah. You can't get out, mate. You've got 24 yeah. months left until you get a new model. Yeah. You're going to have to shoot these Arabic people. Oh. oh, crap. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, man, it's it's a complex matter, but I think uh, I, I, I'm i glad I, I never went down that route and I would be... I'd feel very uncomfortable with... Um, are we still recording? Yeah, we are still recording, but there's no um, stuff on the thing. Interesting. Well... We might be having technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen, but either way, that was episode one of Ooh. Apes on Tape. Boy, we hope you enjoyed yeah. it, even though Benji doesn't have any sympathy for the armed forces whoa, whoa, or the whoa. disabled. <laughs> I have plenty of sympathy. That's no, I'm only joking. He's, uh, we, 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 we love you all. Uh, see you in the next one. <laughs> So that was episode one of Apes on Tape, our first ever go at a podcast. And hopefully that was the first of many, guys, but let us know what you thought of it. Uh, Shoot us some feedback and we'll catch you on the next one. Take it easy. Bye.